Familiar passage of scripture. I'd like to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to have time to expand it. So, <clears throat> chapter five. Ephesians chapter 5. All right, verse... Let's start with verse 20. Of course, there's other things that he tells us to do here, but giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, certainly we ought to follow that all the time. Amen. Giving thanks for all things. <laughs> you know what that means? All things means there's some things in your life that you don't think that you ought to be thankful for, but you ought to be. Amen. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now I think we can start out on a family here, on a marriage. And that's where the first item is. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, can you do that? You ought to make sure you can. And he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For or because the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wise be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this cause, or for this reason, shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word there. Now, I need to go on the next chapter just a little bit. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, 
that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, and with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord, and not to men. Now I'm going to stop there. Father's Day. What should a father be? Now you know that the world we've got today does not like what I've just read. Matter of fact, they hate what I've just read. Matter of fact, if I were to put that on Facebook, I might be put in Facebook prison. Because those are, are offensive words. Now, we've got all kinds of things going on. We've got Juneteenth going on now. You celebrating Juneteenth? Don't know what it is, do you? Juneteenth, that holiday. Anybody celebrate Juneteenth? Anybody know what Juneteenth is? It is a holiday to celebrate slaves being freed. There's something wrong here. We hear on one hand how blacks are still having a rough time living in our society because of racial discrimination. But they've got a holiday to celebrate being free. That's all right. I'm not against that. But I'll celebrate it when they start doing something about all of the blacks that are enslaved in Africa today as we speak and in other countries. The countries of Mauritania and all of those in the northwest corner of Africa. Muslims control those countries and they have, they buy and sell black slaves. Now all the black people, are you all trying to do something to free those slaves? You wanted everybody to free these slaves, but are you trying to free those slaves? And I don't hear anything about it. But anyway, we've got that. Plus the month of June, June is a busy month. The whole month of June is Pride Month. Of course, the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Pride is not something that God is for. But this Pride Month 
is for all the LGBTQ people to be prideful that they're LGBTQ. And so we're going to have parades already having it. You've got on television, the History Channel, and what other, other channels, Geogra National Geographic, they're all advertising these, this Pride Month. Many of the stores, uh, I don't know what all, Walmart, Gold Circle, uh, Target, uh, the restaurants, Taco Bell, they're all running promotions for Pride Month. Encouraging people to be proud of being an abomination. Because all of that is abomination in the sight of God. Uh, some of our preachers, independent Baptists, back years ago, about went to seed. They really did. On preaching against women wearing slacks. When I came here, some of the ladies told me that it had been hit so hard by the former pastor that they began to look, if they saw a woman with slacks on, they said, she couldn't be saved. She's wearing slacks. Some of them, if you take that away from them, they didn't have much to preach. I'll name them if you want me to. And they were doing that off of Deuteronomy 23, 2, 22. Where under the Mosaic law, for a woman not to wear that which pertains to a man, or a man wearing that which pertains to a woman. But you see, it wasn't talking about the outer garment. They all wore about the same outer garment. They were robes that they were all. So what was it talking about? It was talking about undergarments. It was talking about men and women getting a sexual thrill by cross-dressing. And see, by, by mispreaching the word of God, they did a lot of damage. That's why we need to study to show ourselves a proof unto God rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. But it made them happy to do that because they could lord it over women. Well, being on that, I believe ladies ought to wear the head covering. And I don't believe men ought to in the assembly. I believe the Bible teaches that. Is it a major issue? No, but it's an issue. It's there. I was talking one time on the plane to an Amish or Mennonite, I don't know what, one of them. The Amish are a little more extreme than the Mennonites. However, the Mennonites have now begun to okay marrying two men or two women in their, in their churches. So that tells you how good they are. And they apologize for not doing it before. Anyway, so that woman had that bonnet or whatever she's got on her head, 
You know the standard dress that they wear. And he was dressed like a average guy. And so I said, ask her. She was on the aisle, the aisle seat. And I was on this aisle seat, right across the aisle. He was sitting next to the window. You know how some of those planes got a section here and a section in the middle and a section over there. I was on the big section, but it's on the aisle. <clears throat> she said, oh, well, the Bible teaches that. I said, well, I, and I believe the Bible teaches a head covering for the lady, but I believe it's in, it's in the assembly. And I think I can prove that. Why do you wear it out? Oh, well, you know, the Bible says that, that we're to pray without ceasing. I said, Does, is he supposed to do that too? Yeah. I said, how come they don't, how come they get to wear a hat? Because in the, in the, in the service, in, in the, the assembly, man can't have a hat on. And it's called we're in the presence of God praying. And if we're praying without ceasing, then we can't ever put a hat on. Because we've got to be praying without ceasing. And you know what he did? He made her turn around and quit talking to me. I done, I done blown the whistle on him. They did that because, they do that because that's the men taking advantage of the woman. Well, I believe women have certain restrictions and men have restrictions. But it has nothing to do with what I want to do. It has everything to do with what God says. The reason for the head covering and the not head covering is because of the divine order of the sexes that God created them in. God made man. Well, let's just be reasonable here. God made man and then he made the woman. He had to do one or the other first. It, it would appear, maybe he could have done them both at the same time, but that's not the way he did it. So he made the man first. It doesn't mean the man is better than the woman. I know a lot of women that are a whole lot smarter than their men and have a whole lot more courage, Brother Dave, than their men. I a whole lot of them. Uh, but the man is the manager, the head of the house. Doesn't mean a building, it means a family. He doesn't own her, he doesn't control her. He is to lead her, she is to submit to him as unto her manager. And he is to love her so much so that he would even die for her. Well, all right. Look here at Proverbs. Chapter 4. Verse 1. Hear you children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. I forgive you, uh, I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. 
I mean, there's a dozen of those in, in the book of Proverbs about the father and his position. All right? So, God ordained marriage. The Supreme Court of the United States did not ordain marriage. And they obviously have no idea what it is. I mean, I know they're supposed to be highly respected and all of that. But I don't respect anybody that thinks they're smarter than God. And I certainly know that they're not. And I'm not going to fall in with that. So, God ordained marriage in the Garden of Eden. He made a man, and then he made the woman for an help meet, a helper who is suitable for him. He did not make two men to be married. He did not make two women to be married. He created a family in the Garden of Eden. You had father. Mother, and they gave birth, the men, the man, I hate to disappoint some people, but he did not give birth. I cannot believe that there are so many just stark raving idiots in this world that are insisting that a man can give birth to a child. They don't have the equipment. It can't be done. Now here's what I've discovered. You've got some of these rebellious women that for some reason, I don't know why, they have determined that they ought to be a man. I think it's envy. But whatever. And so they cut their hair off and then they begin to dress to look like a man dresses. And then they act like it. But then for some odd, strange reason, she gets pregnant. Now one of her lesbian sisters did not do that. Somehow, she came in contact with a man's sperm. I don't know, was it on a seat or something? I don't know. But somehow, she got a man's sperm and it got in touch with her eggs and the human life. But it goes to the hospital and gives birth to a baby 
And it sounds the birth certificate, not Joan, John. <laughs> now we have a man who has given birth to a baby, and you better not contradict that. Canada, England, some places, they probably put you in jail if you refuse to call it John instead of Joan. Anyway, a man and a woman, one of each, and God said it was good. I'm not going to turn to. We'll go over Genesis real quick. Verse chapter two, verse eighteen. Now these young boys need to hear every word of this. These girls. Need to hear every word of this. Because you sure won't hear it at the public schools. You won't hear it in many churches. But Genesis 3 and verse 18. And this is all, this is not symbolic. This is all literally true and historical account of how we all got here. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. A help meet, a helper that is suitable. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now Adam hadn't been to college he hadn't studied under Linnaeus and his taxonomy categorizing all the animals. Adam had innate intelligence. Now he lost most of that when he sinned. But he didn't, he had it right here. Had to be pretty sharp. I mean, I know what the names are. I've read them about all, and I still couldn't do it. And Adam gave names to all cattle. That means there was different breeds of them then right then, didn't it? <laughs> and to the fowl of the air. And how many fowl of the air are there? He said, well, they all came from one. Well, I don't know about that. They came from one God. They came from one creator. Were well, there different breeds and all that? There could be. Some say not. I don't know, but I, don't, I wasn't there. But it looks to me like there could have been. I mean, they've got, we were talking about this the other day, they've got reptiles. You've got gators, crocs, crocodiles, snakes, lizards, turtles, and tortoises. I have a real problem seeing that a turtle or a tortoise is a double first cousin to a snake. 
I don't see much similar there. So are they in the right category? They very well may not be because God didn't give us that category. Paulus Linnaeus did it, uh, what, back in 1800s or 1700s? I think it's 1700s, 18th century. Uh, but for Adam, <laughs> there was not found a help meet for him. Now, now here's one of the big questions. Where did Adam get his wife? He must have married a monkey. Now, now, you hear that all over, and have been hearing it for years. I guarantee you, you talk to, to a few people out there, and where'd Adam get his wife? Well, he must have married a monkey. That's where we got all the cavemen. That's what you hear? No, he didn't marry a monkey. You still can't marry a monkey. You still can't marry a dog. Now, heathenism, Greek, Roman, and all the rest of the heathenism, they got a half horse, half man. They got a woman with snakes for hair. Where'd that come from? From the heathen hearts. You got all kinds of Mixtures of animals and people. But that ain't real, folks. That's all fabricated fiction. Human beings can't breed with animals. People make animals much more valuable than people. You go, you go and destroy a nest of eagle eggs. Bald eagle eggs. And see how far you get into prison. But now we can murder millions of unborn babies with impunity. Right now, the Supreme Court is dealing with this Roe v. Wade, which was never a law. It was an opinion of the Supreme Court. But on that, based on that opinion... We've gone hog wild with baby murdering. That's why we've murdered upwards of 60 million babies, unborn babies, legally since 73. Unbelievable. So it's okay to murder a human, but you better leave them animals alone. I'm not for murdering animals. It's not murder. I'm not for that. Unless you have to, to live. And I, I tell you what, I'm responsible for a lot of chickens getting killed. And I'm responsible for a lot of cows getting killed. I ain't eating any goat. Well, I guess we eat uh, pepperoni, you eat goat. Isn't that what it's made out of? I think it is. I've eaten deer, bear, you know, uh, emu, uh, Gator, alligator. I've eaten a lot of different things, but I wasn't really responsible for them. I just cabbaged on their death. But I'm not for slaughtering animals. I don't know why we got 3,000 cattle slaughtered in Texas just the other day. That could be from Joe Biden and his administration. And what's that guy's name? Gates? 
that's trying to stop us from eating meat? I mean, how come we've had 20-some-odd food processing plants burned to the ground in the last few weeks? They're creating starvation for the people of, the, of America and the world. You better not vote for no more Democrats. I'm not sure the Republicans will do anything. Most of them don't have the guts to do anything. The only reason I vote Republican is because I ain't got nobody else to vote for. And I sure ain't voting Democrat because I don't believe in murdering babies and that's at the top of their plank. Anybody out there that's a Democrat, you say you don't believe in abortion, then get out of the Democrat Party because that's what it's about. I'm not for wholesale slaughter of animals. I'm not for wholesale clean cutting of trees. We need them. But they're there for us to use when we do need them. Other than that, we take care of them. All right, now, there was not an helpmeet found for Adam amongst all of the animals. And that would include monkeys. So, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Boy, we should have known that right up for many years. Man, it tried to operate on people with no Novocaine or what do you call it? Anesthesia. God set that principle on the first operation. He didn't operate on Adam with him wide awake. He put him to sleep. Because I, for one, I think anesthesia, anesthesiologists, that's one of the biggest merciful things we've got in existence. Where they put you out before they do the cutting on you. God put Adam out before he did the cutting on him. How about that? He caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs. I don't know how God did that. If he could write with his finger on stone. And he could say, let there be light and there was light. He has no problem taking one of Adam's ribs. And he closed up the flesh instead thereof. Now we've never been able to do that. We've always had to use stitches or clamps or something. But, but God put it back together. Okay. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman man and brought her unto the man. He didn't make another man and bring the man to the man. He didn't make a woman and then make another woman and put them together. And this is God's ordained family not the supreme court or any other government and Adam said this is now bone of my bones what a rib is a bone is it not this is a literal language folks it's not spiritual it's not symbolic this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 
bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. That was literally, historically, and scientifically true. Therefore, now when you see therefore in the Bible, always make sure that you see what it's there for. Okay. Shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now there's no way, now I understand that Jonathan and David had a very good relationship. Brothers, friends, but they didn't have this kind of relationship. There's no way two men can become one flesh. There's no way two women can become one flesh. Now, in their rebellion and their hatred, and many, if not most all of them, are absolutely in total rebellion. I've talked to them, men homosexuals and women homosexuals, and in every single one of them, they are just intensely rebellious against God, against his word, against mama and or daddy. And they are going to show all of them they can do what they want to do and the most most weird, wild life they can have, they're going to do it in rebellion. They can do it for a while. But they've got to close their eyes in death someday. And then they're going to stand before the Creator. So, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Sin has not entered in at this point. God made a man, made him from the dust of the earth. Old Brother Obey used to say, and he said it was for real. Men and women, men cannot work in a textile factory where you handle delicate fabrics. They destroy it. You can't clean it after them. Only women can do that. He said it was because God made Adam from the dust of the earth. But he took Eve from Adam's rib. That's why men are innately dirtier than women. They really are. You watch. Anyway. God ordained marriage. He ordained the family. And he said, husbands and wives. Now, some folks, because we are in a sin-corrupted world, we are all in sin-depraved bodies. That's why we have aches and pains and diseases and all that. If you've, if you've lived this long without any problem, you've been blessed, thank God. But before it's all over, Unless the Lord comes, you're going to get dead. You may not have a lingering disease. 
You may just wake up dead some morning. You said something like this morning, didn't you, Brother Dave? Don't know I'm going to wake up dead in the morning. Never know. But we will someday. I noticed Brother Bill Younger died. Either Friday, I think, probably. But now he's up 86, 87. We all want to die. Don't. Oh, somebody died. We've got to stop this. You ain't going to stop it. That ridiculous governor. Oh, we've got to stop all this death. You idiot, you think you can? Take care of yourself. Do the best you can. But you can only do so much. One of my best friends in my life was Ron Lacey. I really admired the man was close to him. He was a good Christian man. And he probably looked as good in his coffin as any man I've ever seen. Mr. America, Mr. Universe, bodybuilder, not on steroids either. He took care of himself. Going to the grocery store was a real ordeal with him. You couldn't get anywhere. Anything he picked up, he digested what it said on the label. And most things he picked up, he put back. He was a nutrition expert. And he died. I'm not gloating over that. I'm just telling you that he died. He said, well, all that bodybuilding and nutrition looks like it'd keep you alive. It'd make you, make you healthier while you're alive. But Paul said bodily exercise profits for a little while. It profits for a little while, but then we're going to die. Don't let kids be brought to this world. They're always going to die. Because you are going to die. Kids die. Adults die. Old people die. Young people die. <laughs> Star and Derek about got it last night. Had another car. Run at stop sign. Ended up. They're getting in his truck. His car ends up right behind him. That's the third one in about three years. He just didn't hit any cars. And thank God he didn't hit Star or, or, or Derek. That's the third one. What was he doing? Looking at his phone and running a stop sign. I've had two cars destroyed. And one of them was a runoff and it cost me. I can't afford it. But man, they're out to get me. I don't know what's going to take me out of this life. And you don't either. Something's going to. So, he says, now, in the marital situation, that the husbands are to do what? It says, wise first, submit to your own husbands. Understand, he said, own. Women do not have to submit to every man. To their own husband. And that's in the Lord. Because a husband is the manager. Somebody's got to give account to God. 
Ladies, I don't know that I would want that if I didn't have to have it. Because what goes on in that house, that family, you're going to give account for it. Just like the pastor of the church is going to give account for what goes on in that church. Oh, you mean? No, no, you're going to give account for it. That's what. Go make sure it's done according to the pattern. So, that doesn't mean you're a brute. Doesn't mean that you're her dictator. You're a manager. You go to work, you got a manager. You have to fall in line with the manager because you're hired on there. And the manager has to be able to tell you what needs to be done. And we have to do it. Doesn't mean he's better or even smarter than you. But he's in a different position. It doesn't mean a man is any smarter or any or superior to a woman. And I don't like to hear these guys, oh, the man is in charge. You idiots, you don't have sense enough to be in charge. The only reason the man's in that position is because God put him in there because of creation. Now it's up to you to find out what God says and you follow the word of God. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. He's not the brute of the body. And these men that beat their wives, they ought to be horsewhipped and then executed. God didn't put you there to beat your wife. Didn't tell you to get her in submission. Tells her to be in submission. If you married one that's not in submission to you, you made a big mistake, brother. Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. How are you subject to Christ? That Christ leads you in love and in truth. And that's how the husband is to lead the wife. Now it says, husbands, love your wife. Well, here we've got the family. And the first time we've encountered the word love, it's from the husband. Not saying the wife ought not to love her husband. Hopefully she does. But her first order of business is to submit to him as unto the Lord. To let him be what God says he is. Old brother Clark one time said, I'm boss around my house when my wife lets me be. <laughs> Told a lot of truth right there, buddy. Anyway, if she doesn't want you to be the manager, to be the head, you won't be. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for he died for his bride. Amen. And the husband is to not only be willing to live for his wife, he's to be willing to die for. That doesn't indicate somebody abusing or misusing that relationship. Let's move on over here to chapter 6. Now it says children. See we've all got our duties before the Lord. And you children. It says obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now of course the Lord commands that. But you don't need any other motivation than this. It's right. Amen. 
It's the right thing to do. And you, you've got school teachers, television shows, computer, phone readouts, rap music. It ain't music, it's, it's rap jungle noise with a bunch of filth. That's what it is. You don't like me saying that, it's too late. I've done said it. Teaching you that your parents are stupid and you ought not to obey them. School teachers doing that to you. You listen to God. Don't listen to those monster, demon-controlled citizens of hell. You honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, when you grow up, you become of age, you leave the home, and you're on your own. Now that is you're on your own. You get a job and you're on your own, and you're not looking back for mom and daddy to bail you out. You see, your idea as a young person ought to be to get myself ready to grow up and become an adult where I can go out and get me a job and support myself and then when I get a wife and children, I can support them. Quit leaning on mom and daddy. And when you do that, now I haven't been under my mother and father's home since 19, January 1961, I left home. I was no longer under their, their rule. But God being my helper, I don't think I ever dishonored them. I don't think I did. I wanted, did not want to dishonor my mother and my daddy. My daddy wasn't the kind of daddy he should have been for many years. My mother's always been. But my greatest fear of my life was that I would do something that would dishonor my mother and my father. I didn't want, didn't want to, I'd rather die than do that. Kids today, they don't care. They just don't care. God says you ought to care. God says it's, it's, it's beneficial to you that you honor your father and mother. Now, my mother and father got old. Me and my brother helped take care of them. My poor little old daddy, suffering from lung cancer, got down a little. I could take him one arm and set him in the shower. If he'd have wanted to whip me right then, I'd have turned it over to him. Have at it, daddy. I'd have loved for him too. But I wasn't going to give him anything to whip me about. Honor your father and your mother. You ought to bite your tongue off before you back talk your mother and your father. Even if they're stupid enough to let you get away with it. You see, I knew before God just because I loved him, I didn't want to do that. But I knew in the end of the day, buddy, if I'd have shot my mouth off to my daddy or my mother, I'd have been picking my teeth up off the floor. I mean my teeth. 
Oh, that's abuse. No, that's a daddy taking charge, buddy. A daggone rebellious, smart other kid. And they ought to be what bad boy they ought to be. Anyway, he said that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. And now for you fathers. Colossians says basically the same thing. You fathers. Now, it's not wrong to call your earthly father father. But it is against God and against his word to call some holy Joe father. Jesus said, call no man on earth your father, for one is your father in heaven. A priest is not your father. The Pope is no holy father. He's anything but a holy father. Only God is a holy father. You call no man. Now, this little elf father, that's your biological father. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture is how you get growth. And the admonition. Admonition means it tells you where you're wrong and what it's going to take for you to do right. The nurture and admonition, the growth, growth of the word. And the admonition of the Lord, not yours. If I tell tell a kid this is wrong, it has to be whatever it is. It has to be wrong because God says it's wrong. Or if this is right, it has to be right because God says it's right. You see, father, mother, children. We are all under the Lordship of God Almighty. That's why people are atheists. They don't want want God telling them what to do. But it's fathers. Don't provoke them to wrath, to anger. Now let me tell you how you do that. Today you tell them, whip them for doing something. Tomorrow you don't even pay attention to it. You need to have some rules and not very many of them. And you need to enforce them. The biggest joke today is all the laws that Congress and Senate have passed. And we've got a president and his cabinet that refuses to enforce the law. For example, the wide open border. They refuse to enforce the law and they're destroying the country by that. These uh, city uh, attorneys, district attorneys, San Francisco, New York, and all over, and they refuse to enforce the law on criminals. We've got laws that are a joke. And the criminals know they're a joke. And the illegal aliens know they're a joke. 
And as long as Joe Biden and his bunch is in there, you see they were learning different under Donald Trump. Because he was trying to enforce not new laws, the laws that are already on the books. So fathers, you don't need many laws. You don't need many rules. And you need to take time with your kids and teach them something. And you kids need to shut your mouths, turn off the phone, turn off the television, and listen to your daddy because he knows a whole lot more than you do. So what are you smart as you are? Yeah, he's smarter than you are. If for no, no other reason, he's lived longer than you. And you pick up on a whole lot of things. You know what? I have never in my life since 67, that's when Jerry was born, I have never told one child Never giving them bad advice. Never giving them bad instruction. I was given plenty of it. But I've never done that. I've never given a church member bad instruction. I think it behooves me as a child of God, as a preacher of God, to make sure that my instructions, my advice is according to the word of God. And brethren, that ought to be yours too. Happy Father's Day. May the Lord bless you all.